This is a topic that both Allison and I have received so many questions on even before we started the podcast. Allison is a rye sourdough bread expert. She has made hundreds of loaves over the span of years, and she has really honed in on a lot of the specific nuances and details of working with this amazing, delicious whole grain. In this episode, Allison and I break down some of her favorite reasons for using rye bread, as well as discuss her newly launched course, Rye Sourdough Bread Mastering the Basics. And we also have a discount code for podcast listeners. Listen for that at the end of the episode or check the show notes. I can testify to the fact that Allison has put all her heart and soul into creating this incredible course for you guys, for the world, and her family has eaten a lot of rye along the way, and they've told me about it, and they love it. So let us know how you like the course and how you like this episode, but I think you are going to love it. Welcome to the Ancestral Kitchen Podcast with Alison, a European town dweller in central Italy, and Andrea, living on a newly created family farm in northwest Washington State, USA. Pull up a chair at the table and join us as we talk about eating, cooking, and living with ancient ancestral food wisdom in a modern world kitchen. Alison, how are you? Hello, I'm good. It feels like such a long time since we've recorded. I know, this is weird. I mean, we still talked, but we didn't record, so I feel sort of... Yeah. We had a, a coyote incident last night with coyotes just literally oh, screaming and going crazy in the woods and the dogs were going nuts and Gary ended up walking out there just to see what was going on. But then they started again this morning about four right after I got up. I don't know. It was oh. weird. Anyway, so the kids were all kind wow. of up and wondering what was going on. So, um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, but here we are, nice, cozy morning to record. And I'm really excited about what we're recording today, Allison, because this is probably one of, if not the top question we get is about this subject. So it's about time wow. that we're recording. Yeah, so, it's about time. But before we go into this delicious and decadent subject, first I want to say welcome to mm -hmm. all the listeners and welcome to the patrons who are mm. sponsoring the podcast and bringing it to all of you. Um, we actually have two new ones um, mm -hmm. at the time of this recording to say thank you to. So that's Alex and Reese. And Alex joined at the sponsorship level and Reese is on the companionship level. So thank you guys for um, choosing yeah. to sponsor this podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you. We are working on um, our first live chat for the mm -hmm. patrons who are at the companionship <laughs> level or above. And I think it might have just happened um, just as this podcast goes out, right. which is a, an exciting development. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. That is something that you and I had in mind from the very beginning that we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty exciting. And um, yeah. go ahead and um, Reese can go in and check out that extra podcast that we have for you. So 
hopefully you find some good things in there. Yeah. Um, Allison, yeah. did you eat before we got together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Um, I had um, ground beef or minced beef, depending on what part of the world you come mm-hmm. from, mixed um, in the cast iron pan, a dish which is going in our forthcoming um, e-cookbook. Yay. which um, I cooked in home rendered tallow with some onions and cabbage. And I used coriander and cumin and some garlic and a little bit of tomato paste. And I had that with a, a mishmash sourdough, which was kind of all the flours that were kind of left in the cupboard, some spelt, some whole grain spelt, some home milled barley, and some rye that was um, whole grain and also some partially sieved rye and some chocolate barley malt that was whole, so little grains of chocolate Mm. malted malted barley. Um, So I just threw it all together. I've kind of taken to making my breads without weighing much um, when I'm in the mood, you know, I just put it all in a bowl and see how much water it takes and it turned out lovely. So I had um, a big thick slice of that with half of it half of it had lard on it and half of it had butter on it because I couldn't decide. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Which one I wanted. I like that. So, yeah, it was delicious. How about your breakfast? Do you Have you eaten or you not? You know, it's weird because I got up two hours ago and I still haven't eaten. <laughs> but oh, I got up because... You. you must be starving. Well, I, it was because I was so anxious about all this technology stuff that's going on right now. So I was trying to mm. make sure I had mm. all my cords and I was just so focused on that. I didn't even think about eating until I asked you if you ate. I was like, oh, wait, I didn't eat. <laughs> but I did make okay, myself... Okay, so we're going to hear your stomach rumbling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's not thunder in the background, you guys. That's just my stomach. But you, I did make myself... Um, a cup of coffee with a lot of our raw cream in it. <laughs> so that's oh, a yum. pretty complete breakfast, right? Pro- protein and fat and everything. <laughs> yeah, that sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Um, I've got a review, which we, we've got um, two new reviews, Ooh. and I thought I'd read one of yes, them. Thank you, guys. This one's from ABNWA, and it was left on Apple Podcasts. So thank you, AB. And it, the title was Love Ancestral Kitchen. Uh-huh. And AB wrote, educational and inspirational. I never miss it. Oh, man. Very succinct and very beautiful. Thank you very much. It's so lovely to see that there are a growing number of reviews up there. Yeah. And, and hopefully that will bring us more and more listeners, which we like. So thank you very much if you've taken the time to leave us a review. If you haven't yet... The um, details are in the show notes as to how you can do that. Thank you very much. I love how Lexi's husband says on their podcast, leave us your most honest five-star review. And he said once, (laughs) and if you don't have a five-star review, uh, don't say anything. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was funny. But um, no, it really actually makes a huge difference to these podcast apps when people review because podcast apps i guess assume if nobody's reviewing it nobody cares but we care about our broth people yeah (laughs) care about our kitchens (laughs) so yeah leave those reviews indeed Um, when i get these awesome messages from people and i always think oh man i should have asked them can you make that a review i always forget (laughs) Mm. so thank you for leaving that review ab all right allison are we ready 
Is this it? Yeah, happening? I think I am. This is the day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is long awaited, long anticipated. And I have been listening to Allison talk about this all for a year. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> when we get together, she tells me, oh my goodness, we've been recording or whatever. So it's this is a long time coming, much anticipated. And finally, today is the day we get to talk about rye sourdough, mm. mastering the basics. Indeed. Mm. All right, Allison, first of all, yeah, I'm going to throw out there that there's, we're not going to we're not going to cover everything rye sourdough in this episode. There's literally not mm. time. I mean, you just spent a year creating a resource. Yeah. So there's no way we can cover all that in one hour, but we can give a lot. You don't want to know what's in my brain about <laughs> rye. That's for sure. You'd be here a very long time. Even Rob, even when I talk to Rob, it's always like, yeah, well, you know, we just had rye. We're eating a lot of rye bread right now. <laughs> like just rye is coming out of all your ears. But, um, so there's more than we can ever possibly cover in a podcast episode, but um, mm. you can give us a good starter here and then point us in the right direction. I'm hoping. Yeah. Please. Certainly. <laughs> help. Certainly. <laughs> Send help. Yeah. So um, when I thought about what I wanted to say in this episode, I thought, well, where did this kind of start, you know? Um why am yeah. I so obsessed with rye? And and I think when I when I answer that question honestly, it's because I love it. Mm. I mean, I I haven't used wheat in my kitchen uh, since I started making sourdough. I've I'm, I've not made wheat breads, but rye is just so special. And I tried to delineate what I thought was so great about rye and put it into four uh. reasons. So I'm I'm going to hit you with four reasons that. I love rye love and rye is so wonderful. Point. Exactly. I tried to make it <laughs> succinct because there's a, there's a lot to share, but I wanted to make it not overwhelming um, and clear to people. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that's great about rye is its gluten content. Mm. So really the reason why I started making rye is because of Rob, my husband. Um, he had a wheat allergy or a wheat intolerance, I would say, um, in, it came clear in his early 20s when he was very, very, very ill. And he got to the point where he literally could not even breathe in like the flour in a bakery, for example, without wow. being extremely wow. ill. That's how intolerant he was to eat. And at that point, that kind of triggered him to, to look at his diet and completely change like the way he was living. And he just gave up all grains at that point because he was very, very ill. And I think he kind of thought, well, I'm never going to be able to eat bread again, you know. And when we first got together, neither of us was eating bread. We went through various kind of ways of eating and we were on gaps for a while. So we weren't eating any grains at all. And then when I came back to making sourdough just under a decade ago, it was clear that I couldn't give Rob wheat and I wanted to have spelt, which I love, but spelt's very similar to wheat, whereas rye isn't. And Robert remembered in his past that he'd liked rye bread. And so we, we started, I started experimenting with rye in order that he could try it and see how he got on with it. And he found he could eat rye. He could eat it absolutely fine without any problems. When I created it sourdough, I don't know about kind of standard yeasted rye breads. He's never been down that route. Mm -hmm. But 
he absolutely loves rye. He loves the flavour of it. He loves the oh, fact yeah. that it, he can eat it without getting ill. He loves the fact that it gives him a concentrated source of calories, you know, rather than just eating kind of cooked um, millet or something that isn't so dense in calories. And he just loves the fact he can eat bread and mm. it tastes so great. Yeah. And rye does have gluten in it, but it has three times less gluten than wheat. So it's much, much um, less dense in gluten. But also it has a different type of gluten to wheat. So I think a lot of people who have problems with wheat, it's because of the certain type of protein makeup of the gluten that is um, dominant in wheat. Whereas rye has a different type of gluten. Mm. So it may be that if you are sensitive to gluten, it might just be that rye has the type of gluten that perhaps you don't have so many problems with. Certainly that's the case with Rob. And so I feel like, you know, reason one about why rice is such a useful type of bread for us to have in the world that we live in today is because it just doesn't have that gluten issue that, that wheat does right. um, at all. And yeah, it makes a wonderful bread. Mm -hmm. And we need bread, don't so, we? Um, <laughs> well, I think we do. I, think, I do. You know, bread is a is a fundamental, it's a staple, and it has been for, you know, tens of thousands yeah. of years, at least 10,000 years, if not more. And it it's so portable, it's so practical, mm -hmm. it's so calorie dense, it's so flexible, and it just, it provides a simple meal in, in such a glorious way without you having to think, oh, I've got to cook this, I've got to cook that, yeah. I've got to cook that. It's just there. Um, and also you can take it out. So, you know, when Rob goes into Florence and he needs to take some lunch with him because he's going to be there all day, well, I make him a sandwich with rice sourdough bread and he takes it and it, it gives him enough energy yeah. until he gets back home yeah. and, and he's Keeps got dinner in the up. evening. Yeah. And it's so foundational so. to the beginning of every civilization. and Give us this day our daily bread. You know, it's in like the most famous prayer. And yeah. companion, yeah. like we have our companionship level, called yeah. meaning with and pan being yeah. bread. Like your companion is the person you're breaking bread with. It's just it's part yeah. of our humanity, I guess. So I love this because so and, many. And I feel. Uh, yeah. Well, it's just so many of us Sorry, think exactly what you and Rob are doing. I just can't have bread anymore. Yeah, there is. Yeah, exactly. There's a way out. <laughs> yeah, I I, this, I feel really strongly about rye from this perspective mm. because so many people think they have to have gluten-free bread if they mm. don't get on well with wheat, if wheat doesn't sit very well in their yep. stomach after they've eaten it. But I did. That's it's not necessarily the case, yeah. you know. Give rye a try. It's particularly mm. soured rye, you know, sourdough rye. It It is a, it's a world away from standard wheat bread and it might mean that, you can make nice bread and you can have a nice bread again without worrying about all the other ingredients and making something that's gluten-free and getting flowers from here, there and everywhere and all uh -huh. the additives, you know, the kind of powders starches and things. and things that you have to put <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's been revelationary for Rob, completely revelationary. If it, you, it's changed his life. If you don't have celiacs, as you and I and Rob, I don't mm. think either, I don't think any of us no. do, um, but do struggle with 
wheat and things like that. There is something about those really, the really old addition of grains that is so much more mm -hmm. digestible and tolerable. Kind of like when I found raw milk and couldn't handle regular milk, but raw milk and the fermented milks worked for me. Um, yeah. Okay, so I have a question that I think is going to lead you into your next one. Um, mm -hmm. This is great, everything you're saying, but is it, how does it taste? <laughs> <laughs> Is so it good? number two is taste. <laughs> yeah. So that's the other reason that I started making rye bread. Just because in the past, before I before I um, stopped grains and before I started, long before I started making sourdough, I used to buy rye bread from a shop mm -hmm. and I absolutely loved them. You know, the deep, heavy kind of Russian mm -hmm. black breads, mm -hmm. oh, the seeds yep. inside, the caraway, the different spices. There's just such an amazing um, litany of delicious rye loaves. A lot of them from the cultures that used rye and could grow it because often rye grows in places that wheat just can't grow because mm -hmm. it can grow under snow. Oh, yeah. It can grow, you know, at different latitudes completely. And those cultures often had to survive just as rye as their only grain. And so they've come up with just amazing, if you think about pumpernickel if you think about the danish breads like rug broad you think about the the german breads there's just there's an amazing past of all these different flavors that bring out the flavor of the rye grain and also other things to incorporate it in them and for for me i wanted to include that in the rye sourdough mm -hmm. course that i've just been creating as you said over the last like six months <laughs> And my favourite kind of unusual rye bread is called Borodinsky, mm. which is a Russian bread. Just and sounds there are, good. There are a ton of stories as to where the name comes from. There was a battle of Borodinsky in the Napoleonic oh. Wars in, I think, 1912. Wow. And the, the story that I like most about this bread is that the, there were two trucks. One was carrying rye and one was carrying caraway seeds. And they both got hit in this battle. And so the locals had these two things and they had to combine them. And then they came up with this Borodinsky bread, named wow. it Borodinsky after the, the battle that was happening. Borodinsky is a... Um, not only do you get the rich, deep flavour of rye, which is just there as part of the grain... But it includes a, a scald, which is heating a portion of the flour with hot water and then putting it into the dough. And that makes an incredible sweetness. And it's oh, combined yeah. with a little bit of malt and a little bit of oh, toasted oh. caraway. And the flavours are just... I, I have never tasted a rye bread like it or a bread like it. It is, it is incredible and it is a, an, a, an amazing bread. And I wanted to include that in the course to show that, you know, not only can you make normal sandwich breads mm -hmm. that you can slice and you know put cheese in and lettuce and take to lunch at work but you can also make breads that will blow your socks off with the the depth and richness and texture and flavors oh, and yeah and it just it, other flowers can't no, give that no. i think it's it's more difficult to combine spices and other adjuncts with more wheat-based flours, whereas rye has kind of synergies with a lot of the, the spices like, you know, mm -hmm. aniseed mm -hmm. and coriander and cumin and caraway. And it, they, you know, there were recipes with 
sauerkraut, with orange, oh, with wow. all these other flavors. And it's just, it just tastes amazing. And it doesn't taste anything like wheat bread. Mm. It, no. it is, it, you know, to have an interesting palate to your flavors mm. in a week or a day, to yeah. put rye bread in there gives you a completely different experience. And it, it, that brings me and Rob and Gabriel a lot of joy, for sure. This is like a rye commercial. I'm just like, I, I just want it now. <laughs> I already knew I loved rye bread. But also, I looked up the Battle of Borodino. And guess what oh, day yeah, yeah. that battle took place mm. in 1812 on the old calendar. Oh, it was 1812. August 26th. It was a century out. <laughs> That's three days from. Oh, you're joking. Yeah, I'm not joking. Really? It's three days from the date of wow. recording. We're recording on... <laughs> The twenty third. Yeah, that's really freaky. That is insane. Um, wow. No, that I, I, you're absolutely right, Allison. The the depth of flavor you can get out of um, rye and other ancient grains just stuns me because I never knew, <clears throat> you know. Oh, flour's supposed to have a taste. Um, so do you <laughs> age your breads? Yeah, that's a good question because rye is. Is kind of known uh-huh. for um, being able to age well. I right. think, in fact, it was um, it was the kind of desired bread for sea voyages because you could keep it and you could mm-hmm. take it with you, and it keeps much, much longer. Yeah. Also, the flavors develop. So generally, what people say is, if you make a rye bread, you should not cut it for twenty four hours. Ah. Ideally, you should not cut it for forty eight hours. Okay. Um, that is sometimes hard to do if you're hungry. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But it carries on cooking for, you know, until it gets cold. So for at least eight hours after you've taken it out of the oven, it carries on cooking. And then the flavours carry on developing in a way that just doesn't happen with other grains. And so we generally find we try to cut ours like a day or two days after we've made it. And we will just leave it in our bread bin until that point. And then over a week's period, it, the flavour will get stronger and more intense. It will change every day. And by about day five, day six, it's really rich. And generally, our loaves will last about a week in, you know, the humidity and temperature that we've got here. Um, so, yeah, we age them in that we don't cut them for two days, ideally. And then we enjoy them for a whole week. So rather than perhaps a wheat bread going either stale or mouldy, depending on your humidity, probably more likely stale. Um, the rye breads just don't do that. They they last much, much longer and their flavour increases and enhances over over a week for sure. Like every good ferment. And if you want yeah. to know about some of the other gut benefits of sourdoughs, do check out our episode on sourdough um, mm. or on bread, just an episode purely on bread. And Allison yeah. talks about you know, yeah. yeah, you're fermenting this, but then you're cooking it. Does it still have benefits to your gut? And yes, it does. So go check yeah. that out. Okay. So you yeah. Yeah. talked about caraway and rye, other flavors, other flowers, anything else you mix with it? Yeah, often. I mean, I, I experiment with rye now. And I think, um, you know, once you've got the basics of rye down, you then are free to go and play with whatever you want to. So like I think I mentioned you know, you can put citrus in. You can put any of those mm. spices that in. You can like put sauerkraut in. Love. You can put beer in. Yeah, exactly. Christmas loaf. You can put raisins mm. and peels and all that kind of thing in. Oh there are uh, 
a myriad of different flavors that that you can add to rye and that are that work really synergistically with rye and i've just started to kind of experiment further with you know putting sauerkraut in which is a fun thing to do particularly if your sauerkraut's flavored yeah. and i want to try putting some onions in oh my gosh, um, a bread as well to kind of get that real kind of savory caramelized flavor with the rye mm-hmm. as well um it, really it's um once you understand how rye works and how to work with it you can then go just you know, crazy and do whatever whatever you want to whatever takes your fancy i think do you, it's fun do you think Jimena's gonna listen to this and then we're gonna start seeing posts on instagram of her delicious rye loaves with all kinds of cool things mixed in (laughs) i can't wait i hope so i'll bet you could (laughs) put a whole cooked egg in the middle of one too like a hard-boiled egg and make one of those loaves with the egg in it slice um okay so you use that sounds good 100 whole grain and is that because of the flavor or yeah um it's kind of a bit the flavor um i do love the flavor of it because because it's got all the bran in mm-hmm. you get that depth mm-hmm. of flavor of bran that is just you, is incomparable you can't produce that flavor from a white right. rye bread right. i also use 100% rye whole grain rye because i think that sieving flour is kind of it feels to me like an extra process on something uh-huh. and it requires extra energy and really by nature I sort of <laughs> I swing towards the what's the easiest and holiest well, way yeah. to do this and I also feel like it's a waste you know when when right. we have this whole grain that we can grind up and use and it tastes so fabulous then why not use the whole grain? Why not learn to use the whole grain? Why not make your baking work with the whole grain? Particularly as it tastes so fabulous. Yeah. So why take it out? Why bother sieving it? Why throw it away? Let's let's use the whole of what's there and get the benefits, the nutrients from the bran, as well as the you know, the nutrients from the white as well. Um, it seems like a win-win mm-hmm. for me to use 100% whole grain. Didn't one of the ladies in Karima's book say something about sometimes they sieved flour for some festival or something i'm trying to remember but some i'm i feel like somebody said that in there that but they didn't do it much or she basically said the same thing i'm trying to remember if that was in that book yeah i think that sometimes i i I have never used white rye flour i i just haven't white um mainly because the breads the breads like there is a white yeah Oh, completely wow. okay and poland polish um recipes use it a fair bit um i first of all i can't get it very easily where mm. i am um but secondly it just it feels like a, a kind of a shadow of the whole grain because the whole grain rye has so much flavor in it and it it just yeah. the breads yeah. that i like the flavor of yeah. use the bran and so i've just headed down that route because it seems to be it, it ticks all the boxes for me. You know, have you ever had orange juice with all the orange sieved out? It's called water. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> um, are, it's just an orange flat of colored water. Are we going to do an episode with Ellie about grinding flour coming up? Is that? Okay. Yes, we are. Okay, good. We are. Okay. That's going to come up in a few all months. Right, that time, would be really think, helpful. Yeah. Okay. So where do you get your flour? You said you yes. can't get white, but where do you get your whole grain? Yeah. So for me, I get my whole grain rye from... Um, 
mills in Italy. It's grown in Italy. It's milled in Italy and I buy directly from the mill. And I kind of, if you can't grind your own grain, I recommend buying um, your flour from a mill directly um, rather than, you know, going and kind of hunting for it on some um, third party place. In the UK, um, whole grain rye is sometimes called whole meal. So I think in the States it's called whole grain all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the UK and Europe, sometimes called whole meal. Um, I have noticed, though, in the in the US that there are different kind of names for it. So sometimes it's just called whole rye flour. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's called whole grain rye flour. Sometimes it's called dark rye flour. And sometimes I think King Arthur possibly call it pumpernickel flour because it's a flour that people use for pumpernickel bread. Oh. Um, which can be a bit confusing. Uh-huh. So yeah, the I thing I would say is if you're unsure. Right. Yeah, yeah, pumpernickel. It's a common right. term. Yeah. You hear it, you see it, pumpernickel bread, whatever, but I didn't, I never, okay. Yeah. Huh. What yeah, do I know? that's right. It's traditionally pumpernickel is cooked for like 24 hours in a bread, mm. in, a, in an oven for um, at like 50 C, I think, oh. 50 centigrade. It's it, The traditional pumpernickel recipe is is cooked literally for a whole day, which I will get to soon. Um, oh, yeah, maybe not in the <laughs> But summer, I would though. say, if you're confused... <laughs> no, not in the summer. When, when I need the heat, <laughs> sorry, I should do it. Yeah. Um, and I do look at the descriptions. What I did notice when I went searching for rye flowers in different geographies was that if you look in the description of the flower, look for the terms unsifted or whole grain oh. and... Go by that. So, for example, the pumpernickel flour I saw, it just says it's unsifted, it's the whole grain, and that's what you're looking for. No sifting and the whole grain. Okay. Um, ideally, the flour would be organic because it's the, the best flour you can get. It will have the whole nutrients in and it will have respected the soil and the environment. And stone ground. Stone ground flour retains more of its nutrients rather than roller mm. mill flour. Um, and if you've got your own home grinder, then you you can buy the berries and grind it yourself. Then you don't have to worry about that. You know you've got the whole yeah. grain because you've just seen it go through the machine, which is really nice. <laughs> that is nice. And I told you my friend Brenna, who just bought a big farm in Missouri, shout out to Brenna, gave mm. me a bunch of her organic baking goods and we eat the same things. So that was awesome. What a blessing. But she gave me rye flakes and I had never heard of that. And you suggested <sighs> just fermenting it like in your um yeah oatmeal bake that you sent out on your email list the other day um you said try using it in that okay so sourdough 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 but we need a starter so Mm. maybe talk about that a little bit yeah yeah of course so i think sourdough starters i don't know they're like some (laughs) big wedge that stops people from making sourdough and they just shouldn't be yeah I have a thing that I say quite a lot, which is you should manage your starter. Your starter should not run your life. Because I hear from so many people who like, I tried to do this, tried to do this. I'm looking after it. I'm doing it. I'm keeping it on the calendar. And and they're so confused and so despairing and they give up. And then, you know, a year later they think, oh, I wish I'd done that. Yeah. No, you're right. That does happen. Sourdough starters, I remember when I started when I started making starters, <laughs> I read 
all the books from the library about sourdough baking. Of course you did. And they all said different <laughs> things about starters. And I was just like, what? This person says this, this person says that, this person says... And, and I tried making starters with various different flowers. And I got in a muddle. Oh. And it, it wasn't really until I found whole grain rye that I started to see the wood for the trees and find a way of making a starter that worked for me and still works for me. I make my starters for all of my breads with whole grain rye flour, mm. whether I'm making a bread out of rye or spelt or barley or um, even our gluten-free breads because we don't need them to be gluten-free, I make with a rye starter. Oh. Rye, whole grain rye makes the most amazing easy to maintain starter. Why is that? It's, it's, it's for several reasons. And firstly, the, the rye grain itself has so many microbes on it that it just is so much more alive oh. than other grains. That's what I've found. And that's what, you know, I've read since making a success out of my rye starter. It just, it starts you don't need any extra things in your starter, pineapple juice or any of these things that other people say. Sugar, you don't need any sauce like that. You just put the rye, whole grain rye flour in. And I think because it has the bran in, which is kind of more on the outside, mm -hmm. oh. it just is the host of many, many more microbes oh that groups. are ready to transform and make you a really kicking starter. Mm. In addition, whole grain rye takes up water in a very different way to um, wheat, even whole grain wheat, in that it, it kind of soaks up. And so instead of becoming a slurry, mm -hmm. as often a wheat starter will, it becomes a paste. Huh. And because you're able to keep it as a paste rather than more liquidy, it lasts longer. So you don't have to keep attending to it every day. So with my right whole grain rice sourdough starter, I mix it up and, it, you know, it started, it's a starter. I put it in the fridge. I keep it in the fridge and I bake maybe once or twice a week. Wow. When I'm ready to bake, I take my starter out and I use some of it to, to make a leaven overnight to make a bread the next day. And I keep doing that for maybe a week, 10 days. My starter's still going. I haven't done anything else to it. I haven't refreshed it. I haven't done anything to it. After about a week... It either runs out or when I open it, I think, oh, it's starting to smell quite strong. And I'll just refresh it with some more whole grain rye flour and water. Oh. And then I'll put it back in the fridge and I forget about it. And I think I attend to my starter. I mean, apart from making bread, I worry about my starter, I don't know, every 10 days. Wow. Perhaps I'll do something with That's it. That's amazing. And, and it just, because it's rye and because I've found, you know, a hydration of it that means it doesn't need feeding all the time mm -hmm. it just it works it's incredible there's none you know if you leave it in the fridge it doesn't get that kind of hooch on the top mm. that wheat starters can often get yeah. and then you're worried should I throw that away what was going on with <laughs> it it very very rarely goes moldy I think I've let sometimes I've left it in the fridge for like six weeks it's absolutely fine wow. it just needs feeding again it's it's an absolute marvel and anyone I mean I, I've been banging on about <laughs> whole grain rye flour as a starter medium for years for now time, because yeah. it it just works and it means that you can just keep a starter and you don't need to worry about it and you it. use it for all your sourdoughs yeah all, all my sourdoughs yeah that's great 
Oh, that's awesome. And hmm. quick question. You said every 10 days, so probably not, but do you have a specific day like, oh, mm. every Sunday I feed it or do you just kind of do it as, as you go? No. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not that organized. <laughs> Usually what happens is it, I spot it in the fridge and I think, oh, I haven't looked at that for a few days. And it's that forgiving, you know, oh. and, and, and I'll open it and I'll smell it and I think, oh, it's all right. I'm a bit mm. busy. I can't do it now. It smells all right. It can go another couple of days okay. and I'll just put it back on the shelf. And then I'll, um, I'll think, oh, okay, it was a couple of days ago I smelled that. I should really refresh that today and I'll get it yeah. out yeah. and just get a new jar, put some of the old stuff in, put some flour and water in, stir it, put the lid back on, put it in the fridge. And do you have discard recipes in your... Um... I've even really said what the right course is, but do you have discourse or discard? Yeah. Discard, oh my gosh. Discard recipes in there. <laughs> I can't even talk. Yeah. So perhaps we should talk about the course. Yeah, we, we, let's so, talk about that. Uh, the, la <laughs> the last six months I've been working on a course which distills um, a lot of the information that I've learned about rye. Um, and it is up and available to purchase at the fermentation school we've got we'll, set, we'll put, give you all the details yeah. of it yeah. um, because we've got a special discount for podcast yes. listeners as well and um with that course i wanted to explain everything about sourdough starter explain why rye is so wonderful explain how rye works how it's different from wheat and i wanted to walk people through um two recipes yeah that will enable them to understand rye, make it in their own kitchens and get going with it. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the course, ready to either carry on making the, the two loaves because they absolutely love it or move on and start experimenting with, with other rye recipes. So back to the, the question, yeah. yes, <laughs> as well as the two, all of the other stuff in the course, there, there is a discard section okay. because that's a question that I get a lot. Mm -hmm. What can I do with my discard? And with the, with the starter routine that I explain in the course, some weeks I don't have any discard because right. I've used all my discard right. when I've baked. But some weeks I'm busier and I haven't made as many breads or I've got <gasps> one in the freezer and so I don't need to. And I end up thinking, oh, this starter needs refreshing and I've got a bit left to use. And my favourite ways of using my um, rye sourdough discard are in pancakes and in rye spice <coughs> bread. And both of oh those gosh, recipes are in the course. I actually videoed making both of them, including the pancakes, because my pancakes don't have any eggs in. Mm -hmm. um, I think people think you have to have eggs in pancakes mm. and you don't. This is awesome. Because Gabriel, my son, can't, yeah. eat, can't eat eggs. Yeah. Um, but I, people do struggle with getting a pancake large, large enough to look like a pancake yeah. Yeah. and also being able to turn it in a pan without it breaking and so many people have asked me about that I and mean, how do you make these pancakes like you know eight inches across with no yeah. egg in and yet they look perfect mm. and so I filmed myself <laughs> with the cast iron pan showing how to you know how to what's what the batter consistency should be how to put it in the pan how to know when to turn it and kind of just the, the things that I've learned over making thousands <laughs> sourdough pancakes <laughs> to make them. <laughs> them just look like a pancake without falling <laughs> apart yeah so that recipe's in there and also the um spice bread recipe again it's filmed mm. there's a lot of video in the course like uh, over two hours worth of video on 
on all those recipes. And you said you've been working on and it. the oh sorry, mm. <laughs> a long time. Well, <laughs> you said you've been working time. on the course. For, I haven't had a lot for six. I know <laughs> for six months, but in reality, you've been working on the course for years. Mm. You just did a lot of the bulk of the recording yeah. and writing for it, and the art in the last six yeah. months. And so I think that's one of the yeah. best advantages True. about this. When I was talking to um, Melissa Norris and she said, there's so many people who want to write about something or give advice about something and they've been doing it for three months. Yeah. But there's a real value yeah, yeah. in a veteran who's been doing something year over year over year and can tell you, hey, times and seasons, yeah. different, you know, this is what happens. There, there's... And, and there's not a lot the of value out is there. in all the failures. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I have made, I've made all of the mistakes. You know, mm -hmm. I've I've mm -hmm. messed up the pancakes hundreds of times, not hundreds of times, but a lot. And they'll learn. And I've worked out how you know when the bread is ready to put yeah. in the oven, and oh, yeah. how you know when it's too late, and how you yeah. know when it's too early. Yep. And I've I've worked out how to mix the bread without getting it all over the place, <laughs> and what tools to use, and yeah. just all those mistakes and things that you. When you've done things every single week, and you know exactly decade, how it works and exactly how it doesn't, you just know how to do them. Yeah, and there, that, there's not and, a lot of that. And in courses and Instagram really things online, there's yeah. yeah, there's just all these people who are like, oh yeah, I've been um, homeschooling for six months. Here's my advice, and it's like, well, I don't know. Give me a mom who's graduated seven. I kids. think <laughs> I think it's really it's really daunting to start something new. Yeah, yeah. And I remember feeling daunted at the beginning of making sourdough. And I remember the books from the library being useful to a point. You know, they all had For pictures sure. in and that was For good. Sure. But the the video makes I such agree. a difference. I agree. And that's <clears throat> why I I chose that medium. You know, I, I could have just written it up and done it as a book. Yeah. But the the video, it's like I, I want the people <laughs> I want the people there with me in, in my kitchen. kitchen. And, yeah. and that's yeah the best way I can do it. You, know, you can see in my bowl, you can, I'll tell you why I'm using this particular yeah. thing and I'll tell you all of this other stuff that has just come from 10 years of making it and it's as, it's like being in my kitchen with yeah. me that's, because that's you can look in the bowl and you can I see I want to be I'm in doing. the kitchen with you. So, and I know you've... <laughs> Probably got to try out your discard recipes a bit because Rob has said things like, well, I think we have seven loaves in the freezer, you know, <laughs> like you just yeah, keep stacking yeah. up as you try all these things. Okay. So, um, you just alluded to, um, something that mm. I know is your fourth and final point, mm -hmm, um, mm. but has, is not talked about much anywhere. And that was the mixing and the getting it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is as you said. This is my fourth kind of benefit, or I see as the biggest one of the biggest mm -hmm. benefits of rye. In that, you do not need to knead rye, and you do well, not have to do any of these particular shaping things. You know, you see people who kind of take the loaf, the wheat loaf, and they tuck this bit under, and tuck that bit under, uh, and tuck it again, and then uh, they put it down on the side, and they let it sit that. for twenty minutes, and somehow <laughs> magically it stays the same shape. You're like, how? How, how does that happen? Mine goes flat. <laughs> You know, that's because it's a thousand you don't percent glue. Have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that with rye, and that at the beginning, when I started making sourdough, that that was a daunting thing for me. How am I going to shape these loaves and make them look like this and that and the other? Mm -hmm. And when I realised that you don't have to do that with rye, I was like, oh, I can just make this bread. And it feeds my husband and he loves the flavour of it and I love the flavour of it. And I don't have to worry mm -hmm. about tightening the skin of it to make it 
this or that and I don't have to sit there and need it. <laughs> that felt like I was being let off the hook. Mm. I was like, yeah, let I'm in this. I, I'm making this bread. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Let off the dough hook. Because rye works differently to wheat. Okay. And oh. it means that when you're making the bread, you you just don't need to... You don't work it in the same way as rye, as wheat. So when you're making wheat, you wheat bread, you add the water to the wheat and you get the gluten, the two proteins, gliadin and glutenin, that make gluten together. And with that, the gluten enzymes change the gluten and make this kind of a, a mesh in your bread. And when you work the bread, making wheat, that develops the gluten. So with wheat, you have to knead or you fold, you stretch and fold, you do all these things, which makes the gluten stronger. And then that gluten forms like, you know, literally a net, a mesh, and the air bubbles are trapped inside that. And that's what gives your wheat bread rise. And when you shape the bread, you, you create this kind of a skin, ah. which then will burst through and give you the kind of the ears mm -hmm. or the, the cracks mm. that um, you see on wheat breads. With rye, it's just completely different. When you add water to rye flour um the pentasans which are the complex carbs in rye make a gel with that water and then it's that gel that traps the fermenting and cooking gases and you don't need to knead mm. the bread wow. to do anything to make that gel the gel just happens when you mix water and rye together and it doesn't rise as much as a wheat bread rises the gluten mesh network has more capability to trap air than the gel does in rye. But still, the gel traps air and rye breads will rise. And there are tricks to getting the rye bread to rise more. Um, uh -huh. You know, can you tell us the that, tricks? I go into, <laughs> yeah, I go to lots, of, lots of detail on okay, that, good, of course. Um, and there are ways that it can go wrong ah. because other things happen at the same time as that gel um, is formed, which can attack your crumb and mean that it breaks down. Um, so there is some nuance to to watching it. You know, with a rye bread, you you don't have to knead it and you don't have to shape it, but you do have to watch it. And because there are signs that will tell you whether it's being attacked or whether it's ready to bake. So you just need to use your eyes, really. You don't have to use your arms. So if you've got shoulders that are not very strong, like mine... You don't have to worry about kneading it. If you're worried about creating this skin and shaping it, you don't have to worry about it. One of my breads in the course, literally you spoon the dough out of the bowl into the wow. tin and you push it down. Wow. So that, that's it. You don't need to shape anything. The other one, the, the Borodinsky bread, you put water on your um, surface dump the dough out of the bowl and you wet your hands and you just as if you were working with clay you shape the bread into a kind of a bread-like shape to fit in your tin just using your hands as if it was clay wow. there's no tucking things under and you lift it up and you put it in the pan Brilliant. and there's just it's an amazing thing because you don't have to worry about kneading it if you can't manage it physically um, you can even mix in a mixer. I mean, lots of people yeah. make rye breads in mixers, so you don't have to be involved in, 
in it with your hands at all. I love using my hands though. Um, I need hand strength for it, not shoulder strength. Yeah. Um, and you don't need to shape. And so the working is is my number four. I think that that there's much less kind of pressure yeah. on you, particularly if you're a new sourdough baker, to feel like you've got to master all these skills. Because mm-hmm. um, with rye, you don't have to. That There's two there that you don't have to master at all. Yeah. And I'm always got my eye out for recipes that you can make with a baby on the hip. And that sounds like one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of reminds yeah. me of yeah. what we said in the broth episode where we, we were saying it's mm. not difficult, it's just different maybe from what you've yeah. done before. Completely. So, and it's understanding yeah. that difference. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you break it down because I know just the discussions you and I have had peripherally about this course, just from mm. those discussions, I've learned so much. So I'm really just excited to take the course and, <laughs> and learn all of that. Do you ever see... Um, mm. Well, you don't watch movies, but it always annoys me when I watch movies that are supposed to be set in the mm. old days and they're kneading bread. And you're like, that's obviously modern wheat. Mm. Like, there's no way they would have had bread like that. Mm. Mm. Okay, so let's let's actually talk about the course because um, we keep referencing it, but I don't care. Okay. I mean, you and I have been talking about this course, but I feel like we haven't actually mm. told mm. the yeah the listeners, listeners haven't. About it. Yeah, I don't know what's in it. <laughs> like, what are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, the course, um, you can actually actually go and have a look at it while you're listening if you want to. So I've got a link, which is my website, www.ancestralkitchen.com forward slash rye. And that's how you can go and have a look at the course. It will redirect to the fermentation school, which is a fabulous um, women-owned and women-led Women run um, fermentation school with courses online. I love that. And the course will walk you through, by the end of the course, you'll know all about rye. You'll know all about its history, all about the health benefits of it. Mm. You'll understand um, why why breads are different to wheat, how Mm. they actually work, and how to make them the best that they can be, you know, get the most rise from them and understand how that rising works. You'll have created and be maintaining a rye sourdough starter. That is easy (laughs) and will not run your life. Um, Then you'll have two breads that you've mastered, which will be an everyday rye sourdough, which is a kind of a a beginner's loaf, relatively simple in Mm -hmm. its techniques. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that you just scrape out of the bowl and put in your loaf tin. It's um, cuttable, sandwichable, uh-huh. um, really delicious and lasts a long time. That's a super simple nice. loaf. There's then also this second loaf, the Borodinsky, the Russian rye loaf, which will teach you another technique, which is scalding, mm-hmm. because there's a scald inside that. And you'll also toast some seeds, some caraway seeds and some malt to go in it. And that will kind of give you another window onto a different type of loaf, different techniques, different flavours and what's possible with rye. And then there's many ways to use a sourdough discard, including the pancakes and the spice bread that I talked about. Really, what I wanted to do with the course is either, you know, someone who has never made sourdough before could take this course, literally. It will walk them through everything they need to know if they have never, ever made a starter, never, ever made sourdough at all. It will take them through the whole thing. So 
if you've never made sourdough before and you love rye and you want to to cook with rye and use it in your baking, mm-hmm. then you could use this course and it would it would give you everything you need. If you've got someone who can't handle wheat yeah. and maybe you've used you've made sourdough or you're making sourdough, but you you know someone who can't who doesn't do very well with wheat, this will bring rye into your kitchen and enable you to make breads for them. Also, if you've if you love baking and you love rye, this will just open the, the door of rye to you mm-hmm. to the point where at the end you'll be able to go off, you know, wherever you started from yeah. and explore all these other rye recipes, bring rye into other flours in your loaf if you if you want to. But you'll be, I called it um, rye sourdough bread mastering the basics. That's what the course is mm-hmm. called because that's where you'll be at the end. The, the basics of rye, you will understand yeah. the chemistry, you will understand practically how it works, you will have seen loaves, you will have made mm-hmm. them and you'll be ready to to move on and just do whatever you want to with rye. I love that. Um, I think we said at the beginning, I did say that there's a discount, a 15% discount for anyone who's listening to the podcast. So if you go to um, ancestralkitchen.com forward slash rye, you will be able to see the course and there's a free, at least one free preview video on there that you can watch so you can see me talking. You can then... um, kind of break down and you'll be able to see all the different modules in the course and all the different sort of chapters that are in there and which ones are video and which ones are text um so you before you um you know if you think about potentially getting it you can see very clearly what you're going to get good and then if you decide that you want to go ahead if you put the code podcast 15 so podcast is p-o-d-c-a-s-t all capitals and then one five or one kind of word together in at the checkout you will get 15 percent off my course um because i just feel like podcast listeners have been following this journey they've been listening to all the episodes (laughs) they've been listening to me making rye bread and eating rye bread every single episode for the last six months and i love it and i'd like them to see what and and to start creating with rye in their kitchens because it's just it's a wonderful thing it's a really wonderful grain and this is one of those things take the course you know learn it until it's you know the way you know it like allison knows it inside and out and then that's your knowledge forever that you can pass on to your kids and your grandkids and everybody in your community it's amazing i love it i'm really excited about it allison because um i've never done an exclusively rye loaf i've done mixes but Never just rye. Uh-huh. So wow. this is going to be okay. my initiation. <laughs> oh, this is perfect I know, for you. It then. is. It is. I mean, I've been making sourdough for years and I cannot mm. wait to get into, you know, crack this code and get into this with you. So, so yeah, both for somebody who's Gosh. been doing sourdough for a while and for somebody who's um, new to it, I love that we can all join you in the kitchen. And I feel like I need a documentary on just the technology side of you guys doing this without all the modern equipment and how you pulled that off was pretty remarkable. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, that was, that was challenging, yeah. but, but I did it and it, it feels like, um, it's nice. I like standing in a kitchen mm-hmm. and, and mixing and talking and, oh, yeah. and knowing really that, good you know, it. people, are, people who want it, people who want it are going to, are going to get something yeah. from it, are going to start baking rye because of it. It feels like a really, it, it, I get pleasure from it. Yeah. It's a nice thing to do. Well, the patrons already have a few videos of you. Remember when you and I got together, I think two times last year and we cooked on Zoom together? Um, ah, yeah. Yeah, so patrons yeah, can see yeah. how, <laughs> how you do it when there's somebody cutting down a tree outside your window. But 
Yeah, <laughs> that, luckily that didn't happen. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah really I, I did it slightly differently in this camera. course in that I am... Um, I got a camera above my bowl as oh, well. So sometimes cool. I'm sitting talking and showing things at the table. But other times yeah. I had the, I managed to get the camera directly above my bowl. So all you see is my hands nice. and the bowl working, which is so much nicer. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, to really see. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, thank this you. is such a good introduction to Rye and the course I this is the hero the world needs. The course is going to be amazing amazing thank you i really want and, that and i hope that you know <laughs> for anyone who's interested in rye i hope i've tried to explain in the last i don't know we've been nearly an hour i think yeah um why rye is so good and and the particular kind of benefits of it mm-hmm. to um to to fill in gaps in knowledge because it it's really an unsung hero right it's not it should have more press yeah. it should yeah. be more out there because it's it's a wonderful grain and and I know that you know some some people listening contact me and and they're they're breaking with rye already yeah. and they know how good it is mm-hmm. and and I wish more people knew so and it's definitely that's, one that's of those of things where I get a lot of these really complex questions from people and I'm just like I don't know you know like I've been doing this for you know this and this way and I'm just like I have no mm-hmm. idea but you all those dud loaves that you guys went through to figure out those little details on the proofing and everything is yeah. going to be excellent. So ancestralkitchen.com forward slash rye yeah. and use the code podcast 15 yeah. all caps to get your listener yeah. discount. We're so grateful to you guys listening to the podcast. Yeah. All right, Allison. anything else? Thank you ever so much, Andrea. Thank you for your lovely questions. No, no, I think yeah, that's it. Thank you for answering my them. end for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. I'm going to go off and um, eat some rye probably. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> soon. <laughs> After I take the course. <laughs> I'll speak to you All soon. Right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to continue the conversation. Come find us on Instagram. Andrea's at farm and hearth and Alison's at Ancestral underscore Kitchen. Until next time, we both wish you much fun, exploration and satisfaction in and out of the kitchen. <laughs>